Yeah, we've been keeping our presence a secret for a pretty long time. But it seems like the people of Earth really want to know the truth. And since things on this planet probably can't get any crazier, we figured now is the time to come out and just say... What's good? What's good? We're, we're the aliens. We really do be like that. I love when they say that. It's fun. They, they have really, fun phrases here. Really do be like that. <laughs> a lot of people call us either illegal aliens or migrant Martians. But we prefer alien American. And of course we abducted some people, but it wasn't for anything weird, you know? We just wanted to uh, feel around their buttholes a little bit. Just see what's going on in there. You know, I remember when we first started coming around, the CIA would lie to you guys. They would call us weather balloons. And I took that personally. People often think we live in hollow earth, but we don't. That's just where we party. Yeah, uh, dude, shit goes down inside Hollow Earth. You know whenever the bass drops at a Hollow Earth party? Earthquake. We've absolutely been loving our time here on Earth. You know, we've gone to the beach. Good. That looks good. Really tight. That looks pretty good. I feel tight. Uh, we've, we've tried ice cream. Can we have two human ice creams? Two human ice creams. Yes, please. Do you have cookie dough? Yeah. Uh, cone, for sure. Cone, 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 cone. But really, we've been playing a lot of hacky sack. A lot of hacky sack. Dude, this game is so fun. Hey, how the f did you think of it? You can play hacky sack at a park inside of a klepton. Yeah, we've actually been here on Earth for a couple hundred thousand years. Yeah, it started as a research project, but then in the 40s, you guys started making nuclear weapons. <laughs> like, what? Who makes nuclear weapons? What are you guys, slarp years old? Yeah, but I guess the first official contact was uh, the crash in Roswell. Fucking Graz, dude. He cannot drive a glorp. But I'm not gonna lie, seeing your guys' reactions over the years has been pretty fun. So first the government tells you that we don't exist and of course you don't believe them And now they're showing you videos and literally saying these things are not from this world and you still don't believe them Dude, <laughs> your government literally has you so messed up So now that we're going public, we're planning on meeting with some of the most great and powerful leaders on planet Earth Lord, good to see you, man. You look fit. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm just happy our schedule's finally lined up. Yeah, you know, I've been dipping in and out of your simulation, <coughs> uh, of your universe for a while. Figured it was time to make the big reveal, you know? Careful, you don't want to get canceled by the woke mob. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, with the way things are going, pretty soon, blue, multidimensional entities with complex, interchangeable sexual organs won't be able to speak out loud anymore without being canceled. It's wild. That's what I've been saying. Well, libertarianism is the only answer. We also enjoy our private lives. You know, I'm engaged, actually. Uh, Glork is going to be my best alien. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, having a human girlfriend at first was a little bit tricky, but uh, once she found my schlark, <laughs> we made it work. Oh. This one says, I love bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're hoping that learning our presence will help humankind form a more unified global community. But it probably won't because <laughs> you guys are just dumb. You are so dumb. You're so stupid. Wait, you know how dumb humans are? Dude, they're so dumb. They thought that it was a good idea. The whole earth, everything is on here for free. They thought it'd be a good idea to, uh, to, to create money. Bro, capitalism? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? You, wait, you know they have a crypto, they have NFTs. NFTs. What is, what is an no, NFT? Dude, we, we travel at the speed of light and we don't understand NFTs. It doesn't make any sense. You're paying a million dollars for a GIF, a GIF? Oh, Oh, it's the blockchain, it's the blockchain. <laughs> Check out. 
And over the years, your guys' government, who are absolute, complete dicks, by the way, have been trying to copy our technology. Yeah, but luckily you guys have small, stupid brains, so <laughs> there's no way you're gonna figure out how to manipulate gravitational waves in order to bend space and time and travel through light frequencies so that you can visit other interdimensional realms of existence. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. Also, a lot of people think that your politicians are reptiles. Uh, they're not reptiles, okay? Reptiles have cold blood running through their hearts. Uh, politicians don't have hearts. Glorch! Glorch! What's up, Glorch? What's up, Glorch? Miss you, dude. Dude, your disguise is looking good, dude. But, I mean, there are some chill humans. Of course. Like, like Jimi Hendrix was oh, super chill. I used, to, I used to shoot acid right into my eye with him. I, you know who else I love? I, I, Kesha. So, oh, Kesha's total sweetie. Coolest. Total so sweetie. Nicest person. Uh huh. Stacy McDermott from Naperville, Illinois. We've abducted her like 17 times just to hang. Yep. She's just a good hang. Uh huh. You know? But most of you suck. Absolute worst. Point zero 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 one of you is okay, and I did the math. If you guys knew like a fraction of what's going on out there in the universe, <laughs> you'd be embarrassed right now. I'm literally embarrassed for you, like on behalf of you. Good stuff. You would be the best dancer on Slarvin'. But real talk, there are a lot of good vibes on Earth. So if you guys are ready to drop your little Earth egos, we'd be happy to welcome you into the Interdimensional Federation. But until then, we got some sacks to hacky. <laughs> <laughs>
the New York Times revealed the existence of a secret government program to investigate UFO sites. This is a very complicated story. I have put a briefing together for every president since Bill Clinton. Interplanetary war. This is the next big thing that they want the public to be afraid of. This is a national security imperative. We must have American dominance in space. But it's all a lie. The national security state, they want to establish a planetary government by spinning that this is a threat. One set of facts, two narratives. The threat isn't extraterrestrial. The threat is covert human. The close encounters of the fifth kind protocols developed by Dr. Greer is the most dangerous information he has released to the public. Human-initiated communication with extraterrestrials is possible. Oh. All of us are going to know the truth. This is our moment. We have the ability to change life for the better. Consciousness isn't limited by space and time. What I'm doing with CE5 is the foundation for the relationship between humans and these extraterrestrials. But the implications are absolutely profound. That shows consciousness does affect reality. A critical mass of people can shift an entire civilization. But the intelligence community don't want the public to know. They say, what's in it for me? It's easy. A new world, if you can take it. Oh, my God. So here we are now we're talking about a fifth kind, which I'll admit the first time, uh, you know, I started learning about Dr. Uh, Stephen Greer and, you know, digging into some of his research and things. I'm thinking fifth kind, like how, how much further can it possibly get? You've been abducted in a UFO, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, So fifth kind is actually when we people as humans contact extraterrestrials through conscious a different conscious state of mind through meditation um you and i have both talked about this many many times uh in the previous episodes we've even talked about uh what was it like the last episode i think we were talking about space and how everything is entangled and we go further into learning into quantum entanglement which means if you look up in the sky it's a bird it's plane no it's stars okay so you're looking at stars Right. And you see the void in between. Well, it's not void. Everything in life, whether it be this planet, another planet, a galaxy, space, all energy is entangled. Which means we have the ability to channel one another. And that's what we have here. So... The practice is contacting ETs through meditation. Right. No, um, and you know what's interesting is uh, Stephen Greer, he puts everything out there, and he takes these events. Or he, he does these events where he takes people out into the desert, and he's like, okay, listen, this is, you know, we're going to have these groups, and we're going to consciously, like, like you're saying, his whole idea is to basically – consciously purposefully contact these ets via telepathy or or mind speak right um, which he's done which he's done and he's he's proven on on many occasions he's got some of these 
really crazy uh, CE5. They take video of these uh, encounters. They take photos of these encounters. Um, and some of them are really fantastic. Like uh, I saw one of a light beam that was taken by a guy by the name of Emery Smith. I mean, it uh, was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or how about the uh, the gentleman? There was another gentleman in one of his CE5 uh, meditation ceremony. I don't know if it's, you want to call it a ceremony, but they were they were meditating together. And the guy goes home. And he begins to meditate again. Well, he comes in contact with this uh, orb. It, it's in a documentary. He comes in contact with this orb, and it was this this being. And he communicated with the being. And now this guy's been deaf since high school. And he says, "Can you do anything about this?" And when he's done meditating, he goes to bed, lays down, wakes up the next morning. The guy can hear. Right. That that's. What? That's that's crazy. Yeah, it I mean, is. The guy was telling the story, and he was in tears. If you don't know, then find out, right? So right now right. we're talking about a documentary. You know, we're we're going off of stories of what we're being told, right? But I'll tell you this: a lot of the things that they had said in this documentary, and Stephen Greer has come out saying what about two, three years ago. It's starting to line up, and if it if it plays out the way that he says it's going to play out, there's there's going to be some hysterical people that are not informed, and there's going to be people who are informed. They're going to be pretty angry because this goes hand in hand with Project Bluebeam, which we heard, and the idea of Project Bluebeam. Though, what that is. Basically, we have what's already known as, I don't know if you want to call it a new world order or one world government, right? Different governments working well, together. U, UN, almost. Right, right. You go back to the all these different uh, Illuminati, et cetera, et cetera, secret right. you know, you know, knowledge schools. Um, sure. and, their, and their goal is to... Or, or at least it's claimed that their goal is to go ahead and, and centralize control all in, in, you know, one group, you know, the Bilderberger group, you know. Right. So it, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Um, so in the in the past recently, with the passing of Michael Jackson, the passing of uh, Tupac, you, you see them, they put uh, holograms on stage where they perform it's the holograms, and they look so real. And what we're being told is that that is that is breadcrumbs of the technology that these governments have been going hand in hand and working on with satellites surrounding the Earth that we can't see because no, not everybody's an astronaut here. But what is supposed to happen, and this is how Project Bluebeam works is they project images they project images down on the earth to make us think and this is where Stephen Greer comes into play he says look they're going to fake an alien invasion in order to bring together a one world government to make you think that we have to protect ourselves as a united and even Reagan said it Reagan said it 
out loud in 87 in his speech about what, you know, I can't remember exactly how I said it. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we could all come together against one entity? Common enemy, extra, yeah. yeah. Common enemy, yeah. So, and he even mentioned extraterrestrial in that comment. In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our peoples than war and the threat of war? Which is bizarre, it's re- especially in 87. It's real, 87, it's real bizarre. Now, I ask this question. If we have the technology to do so, okay? And again, Stephen Greer in this documentary also claims the plan is to also give the image of the second coming. Right. right. So basically, so what you're what you're talking about here is you're talking about we talked about disclosure in the last podcast, and now we're talking about is it really disclosure, or are we talking about disinformation, or are we talking about like a false flag? Mm-hmm. Is that that's that's you know basically what this blue beam right. is, right? A possible false flag. Right. So so in in, in the documentary, Richard Doty, uh, Air Force Office of Special Investigations, uh, or RET, right? He's, I mean, we're talking about a guy who would know all of this stuff, who says he's, he's been in detailed with all these actions. So the technology we have is extraterrestrial technology that was recovered from crash landings way back when, right? Right, yeah. Roswell. We, Roswell. Well, as far as we know, Roswell. But we've obtained... Well, I mean, I, he's actually been quoted in several interviews that there was actually two craft at Roswell, one in 47. Right. But one was, one was then found two years later in 49. Right. So, and from, I mean, he goes further, further into Roswell and he goes, yes, there were uh, three extraterrestrial entities. Two of them we found were deceased. One of them was alive, which ended up dying later on. in what do you say? Like 51 or 58 or something like that. I'd have to go back and listen. And this this ET had just been transported from place to place. The uh, there was autopsies done on these ETs, the the deceased ETs, and they were transported to Wright Patterson in Ohio. And just it goes on and on and on. And this guy's just spilling the beans on all this stuff and and talking about it now. You know they're laying out the the floor plan of you know th- this quote unquote fictitious alien invasion. Right, if they can make it look like there's a UFO in the sky through projections from satellite, you know, maybe that's what's been happening. We don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not an astronaut. You're not an astronaut. Who knows? It's possible. Right, no, right. Sure. Well, and and that goes to the technology. Like, so some of this technology that we've accelerated with since the 40s and 50s, you know, recovering these crashes. There was actually a, a Camp Gerardo in Missouri. There was a crash in 1941, six years before um, Roswell, that not a lot of people talk about. Um, and uh, 
not sure exactly the details, but there was a, a priest who was brought in, a small town priest was brought in to give the last rites to some entities that they had found uh, that were deceased at, on site. Um, this this all goes to, uh, yeah, I think even Richard Doty uh, had talked about when viewing the craft, the connection to things like fiber optics and the acceleration and and, uh, and communications and things like um, you know computer technology and computer chips and whatnot, all that stuff started accelerating in the forties and fifties when we suddenly started collecting some of these down crafts. And the question becomes once that once those crafts started coming down, now it turns into an acceleration of accumulation of technology. And there's two different trajectories here. And this is true in the black budget world and in the black ops world. What we think they have technology of, they're 20, 30 years. Um, well, I remember in, in an interview with Bob Lazar when he was talking about uh, being put in one of the hangars to study one of the crashed uh, vehicles and he was working on the propulsion and how it worked and you know element 115 and all this fun stuff and if you don't know what element 115 is look it up and actually you know look up bob lazar that a lot of this stuff gives uh, gravitas to his his claims he in order to get in and out into the lab at that point and what was it late late 70s early 80s they had already had fingerprint identification. They had already had retina identification. Th this is technology that we're recently... I mean, you look at your cell phones now. You can open up your phone with your thumb, with your thumbprint. I mean, we didn't have that 10 years ago. They had that, you know, late 70s, early 80s. So, yeah... I mean, they have technology now that I'm sure we won't find out about for another 30, 40 years, maybe more. All right. Yeah, I couldn't find the quote. I apologize for that. Uh, but I know there was a uh, there was a gentleman that worked at Skunk Works, and he did claim that whatever the public thinks our technological ability is, that they are so far ahead of that, that we would not believe it and that we have the technology to take E.T. home. So, you know, that yeah. leads to your whole point, Mario, of, you know, whether you believe there there is this ability to have some sort of hologram or projecting type of technology going back to this Blue Beam, Project Blue Beam. Uh, believe it or not, they, they have more technology than you can even think of. Right. The your government's not exactly on the up and up with its American people. Never has been. Okay, for those of you who think that, oh, well, my government has to tell me everything. They don't have to do anything. They're not going to do, you know, they're not going to disclose this information to just to the random American people. If they don't have to, they're not going to. Well, no, um, and, you know, this whole disclosure thing. See, Stephen Greer had... Uh, he, he tried to have a disclosure 
press conference in 92 and then he also tried to do it in 2001 right he tried to do the uh washington dc press corps disclosure some uh hearings um and you know some people believe that no matter what he was trying to do going back to the steve greer thing it it was destined to fail because you can't force these people uh you know these these small groups of people who have this information on these alien technologies to disclose before they're willing or want to disclose uh because going back into the 60s there was a thing called nightcap have you heard of nightcap i know i've looked into it once before i i've completely forgot what it's about though please yeah it's uh yeah it's the national investigation committee on aerial phenomenon which was a group that was put together back in the 60s and it was uh headed by several people roger major roger kehoe admiral helen cotter and Edward Ruplet, and uh, they were part of a 50s collection of data with all these aerial phenomenon and whatnot, and they, they claimed they had over 11,000 pieces of data and information, and uh, they tried to pressure Congress, or, or Congress tried to pressure the Navy and the CIA at the time um, because the CIA in 1953 took over for the Air Force when it came to any of these what was concerned as uh, sort of anything that might have been adversarial. So they mm-hmm. were thinking, you know, Russians, you know, Chinese, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was even the Speaker of the House by the name of John McCormick. He, he joined uh, NICAP in trying to get Congress information and force and pressure the CIA to give their information. And he basically was stonewalled, absolutely stonewalled. Um, and one of the ways that they were able to do this was um, there was a thing called the Condon Report. Um, the Condon Committee was formed uh, – what was this date? I think it was um, – it was finalized in 1968, and uh, what it was was uh, it was a group funded by the United States Air Force from 66 to 68 at the University of Colorado to study uh, unidentified flying objects under the direction of Edward Condon. And they basically said, after examining hundreds of UFO files from the Air Force Project Blue Book and from other civilian UFO groups uh, like NICAP and uh, APRO, which is Aerial Phenomenal Research Organization, the conclusion received a mixed reception from scientists and academic journals. And they basically said that there was no decisive factor and generally low level of interest in the UFO activity among the academics. So therefore, it was basically sequestered and just said man there's nothing to this keep it moving and this this report was repeated over and over and over in the public perception and media and saying uh, nothing here uh we looked into it this is nothing out of the unusual cows turn themselves inside out all the time people been saying they've been seeing ufos around ufos <laughs> yeah and black army cia helicopters and trucks That is the silliest thing I've ever heard. What was that? That that was a pigeon. It was, at that point, in the public perspective, able to be made a joke. So you you had, again, you had these two separate entities kind of forking off. You had this, you know, private, you, you had the, the, the public perception of the air force and the cia you know going on protecting the country but because they were able to go ahead and hide this information and be like 
hey, listen, nothing here, nothing to see. You, you had a, a segment of the CIA and a segment of the Air Force fork off and be able to go into black ops and black projects that were aware of this information. You know, this whole idea of compartmentalization, which we've discussed before, you know, it's, you know, not everybody is lying whenever they say, oh, there's no UFOs. There's nothing to it because most people in government really don't know. You know, you know, a little bit over here, you know, a little bit over there, you know, just enough not to know the whole story. And really, there's just a few puppeteers. There's just a few masters that really know what's going on. So, again, these people were able to accumulate this information. They were able to back engineer some of this stuff. And this is the MO. This is the modus operandi for clandestine entities within the government, not just our government, but other governments. And this is how things like a Project Bluebeam materializes you know they they develop technology that is beyond our concept of rationale in the public you know in 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 the common public and that's one of the things that was asked upon an interview to Stephen greer was why now you know if 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 we have this technology and your government wanted to terrorize its people into falling in line or you know helping create a a, an all-powerful one world government why why did they wait well one they have this technology they had to reverse engineer it they had to put all the correct pieces in place and now you know when it, when it's when it's ready when it's prime is when you're going to start seeing these things these things are going to start happening well now you have to wonder you know just like we said in the previous podcast past two podcasts why are they coming out with okay yes ufos are real okay yes you know we you know the government's been acknowledging ufos yes they're not of this world you know they're therefore you know extraterrestrials have to be real um so why now well that kind of goes hand in hand with what uh mr greer was talking about they're prime they're ready to release this information now it's not that they were forced to it's that, okay, now we're ready to take the next step. Now we can start telling the people, yes, they're real. Now we can start making things happen. Now we can force upon this one world government, if that's the case, if that's the what is actually happening. And, and make no mistake, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm not saying it's exactly what's happening. I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of things lining up that kind of, that that supports that idea now it, in the same sense i'm not saying that you know extraterrestrials don't exist because obviously we've got this technology from somewhere right right and i i don't want to take that away from you know good engineering good uh you know scientific findings I'm, I'm not trying to take that away from people but i mean the boom that we had since you know this roswell happening has just been undeniable 100 well, percent undeniable well, what's interesting is I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in 1952, you remember the famous flap in Washington D.C. where the spaceships fell, flew right over the White House. Yeah. Okay. Now, at that time, the U.S. government was going to disclose, um, but there was a general by the name of Hoyt Vandenberg. He was an Air Force Pentagon chief of staffs, and he basically nixed the whole idea of disclosure because it was at a time that uh 
basically was in the middle of the Cold War and everything. And they said uh, because of the confusion and not knowing everything about the UFO subject, if they were to come out and disclose anything at all without being able to you know, basically say everything, that they – it would be worse for public opinion. You know, here, here these guys are supposed to protect – our national security and they don't even know what this threat is that can you know invade our airspace so mm-hmm. at the beginning maybe there was some sort of uh you know maybe there was some effort to protect the americans but at this point we you know at this point we're talking this was what 70 years ago 68 years ago so now um it seems as though like stephen greer is talking about uh, they haven't invaded, right? Like if they were going to, if if they wanted, if their whole idea was was uh, occupation, uh, they could have done it a long time ago. Well, so, he even goes, he even goes as deep as saying that it's it, it's your government that's abducting people. I mean, he goes, he goes to that far well, to that extent to saying that it's our technology, right? And right. It's our well, government. some of it, yeah, right, right, and it's and it's our government who is actually you know making practice of the in and using uh, hallucinogens to you know once the abduction happens to put somebody in a foggy state of mind. That way, whenever they're abducted, you know they they think they see things, and you know I'm sure they have outfits or whatever that kind of help them see these things, you know, to help the hallucinogen. Which still, I mean, it, it's. It could be a stage thing now. Well, what was if... interesting about the stage thing, um, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. But it, it sparked a thought. Not only was he saying some of the stuff could be staged militarily, but it was also uh, it was also thought that abductees, actual abductees, who experienced genuine abductions, what the military would do is they would or at least these clandestine sort of special ops, they would reenact an abduction, which is what you're talking about, actually being abducted by the military, to reverse uh, – to, to reenact an abduction to try to gain information from the abductee, you know, trying to fool them into thinking that they were you know, the, the abductors. I don't know if I'm making sense here. Um, and trying to get information out of them, right? So they were trying to basically – the, the military would at times uh, do these uh, staged events to try to see if they could pull information out of the abductees as to, hey, you know, what was it that they told you? You know, you know, basically put them back into that fear mode almost to accelerate maybe some sort of, you know, uh, adrenochrome sort of effect to, yeah. to force people into a state of hysteria into disclosing information that they weren't comfortable dis- because if, if you're an abductee, let's just hypothetically, you're an abductee, you're not going to disclose everything to a therapist. You're not going to disclose everything to whatever, you know, to, to somebody in the public because you, you're, you're going to hold some information back. Well, they would restage these events. Then the military would restage these events, trying to discern information from these people who had these traumatic events. Uh, so that's sort of where he was, if, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not mistaken, that's sort of what he was saying, that some of these abductions actually could have been 
human abductions, military abductions, right? Right, exactly. Basically, that's that's what we're talking about here in a nutshell. Okay, he's claiming yes, there's going your government and your world governments are going to pass off this idea that we are being invaded in order to create a one-world government to make people think that we have to unite because we're being attacked from a foreign entity adversary adversary so that's i mean that goes hand in hand with project blue book you know if that's what's actually happening if they can make it look like you know there are they can project these vehicles in the sky at some point and make people think at some point that there's a second coming and then the second coming you know advises that you know these entities we're dealing with are you know their their work of evil and we have to unite and good and you know give everybody that pillow talk of everything's going to be okay and this is what we have to do the same thing they do with this vaccination basically so that's the idea here of what uh what he says is the it has been implemented and is moving forward and, and and even Richard Doty says that's that's the plan he had been he he he'd been in contact with people who um who know of the plan so right. to speak and and to flesh this out a little bit the reason why we're bringing this up is so or at least you know, from my understanding is we're questioning or, you know, we're, we're taking our own advice here. We got a question. Uh, you know, we talked about disclosure. So the question now, the, the real question becomes, is this actually disclosure or is this, you know, this UFO information that's coming out right now? Is this what they want us to see? Is this what they want us? Is this the first step in some sort of false flag operation? Right. Right. Right, and that's exactly what we have to ask. And again, you and I always talk about on this podcast, if nothing else, always ask why. Um, and the same thing goes for the you know the topic that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast with Fauci and you know the vaccinations. Follow the money, ask why, and that's what we do. We're conspiracy theorists or critical thinkers. I prefer critical thinkers because mm. you know it just to me it's better when whenever you're on social media and anytime you you post something about a vaccination or covid-19 you're stonewalled you know it doesn't matter what it is you can't ask why you can't bring up the idea you're not allowed to talk to people about the possibility of a negative surrounding of these things you're not allowed right almost, no. almost like you know you can't talk bad about your fiara but if you're right well and that's that's the whole idea of you know let's not just concede let's just not be apathetic and and just give over our power to question right uh you know and allow the propaganda just to you know wash over us that that you know we we have to learn from our past you know that that's what happened to the german public you know they they allowed in an effort to stay safe believe those who who promised their safety right because especially in world war ii you have to think you know the german public 
is is a population that was coming off of World War One, where they were thrown in disarray after World War One, and they never wanted to go oh, back yeah. to that, right? So they were already a population primed to look for a savior, basically. They're, they're primed to be radical, right? And so what we're saying is, let's be cautious and not just submit. And just be like, okay, yeah, we're going to give over our power of critical thinking to our oppressors because too many people are just willing to accept everything without questioning. And when you do that, you give over your power. And and that's what you've got to – that's what we have to prevent. We, we can't just hand over our ability to question. And whenever we have things like the Fauci emails, when we have things like Bill Gates come out and say, oh, we're claiming intellectual property, that none of that makes sense. So I'm going to question, right? We have to question. Why? Why do you think you have the rights to claim intellectual property? Why, why do you think you have the rights to fund foreign labs as a back channel to fund these these gain of function sources you know why as a government do you think it's okay not to disclose everything that you have regardless of whether the information is going to upset a certain segment of the population we we have to ask why and ask why they're holding this information behind you know holding it back right because if we don't ask then we give them more power to go ahead and and basically you know suppress information um, well, you know what, Jeffro, on that note, I think we're going to end it here. If anybody has any questions, feel free to, you know, reach out to us, talk to us. Um, really what we like to do is, you know, keep people talking discussions. That's, that's how we learn. That's how we grow. Uh, with that being said, you know, I want to give a shout out to Martin Newman, who recently started listening to the, listening to the podcast, who we will be sending a t-shirt out to, um, again, you know, Roberta, always Roberta and Wayne always helping us out with getting the word out on the podcast just you know because we cannot promote this thing we've been stonewalled we can't do it but we appreciate all the support that we get we want to thank everyone we will be working on the next episode hopefully in about a week or so get you something new I think that's going to wrap it up Jeffrey what do you think sounds good man just you guys out there always always question uh, and and don't don't just submit your power over to somebody else. Right. And talk. Communicate. Don't argue. Communicate. Communicate. People the one of the beautiful one of the beautiful things about people is that we are going to be indifferent. That's one of the most beautiful things. If 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 we weren't different, then we this would be a bland, mundane world and none of this would matter whatsoever, but it's not. And the idea that we can communicate is just a fantastic thing. When we stop talking is when we stop learning and we stop growing. So uh, by all means, continue to have conversations about these different topics. Uh, get a hold of us, you know, drop lines, check out our website. And on that, on that note, real quick, you, you sparked a thought in my mind. I had a personal experience in a truckers lounge recently. Whenever we communicate, go into the communication. Don't go into the communication with preconceived notions. If, if you're going to have yes. a, a debate on on issues that you don't necessarily agree with somebody, you have to go into the conversation with the mindset of I could possibly be wrong. Everything that I believe in, I can be I can be completely proven 
wrong on my issues and I'm willing to listen to this other person's perspective because if you go into the conversation with your mind already made up, then you're not having a conversation. Now you're preaching and you're just right. you're, you're dictating the conversation and you're being accusational rather than receptive. Listen, and, I, in some cases, I want to be wrong because that means I learned something new. Exactly. So we have to, we as, we as a community, we as a species have to learn how to re-communicate as well. We made the, uh, we made the analogy before of, you know, when you're talking about uh, differences in race and, and things like that, as soon as you call somebody a racist, you've stopped the conversation. So it's the same thing right. here, you know, with, with any idea that you have. If, if your preconceived ideas are in set in stone in your mind and you're not open to the possibility that you may be wrong or you may have been misled or, you know, if you're not open to other things that will give you a different idea and a different way of thinking, well, then you're going nowhere. I'm sorry. No, you're just you're just waiting for your turn to speak. You're not really listening to the right. other person. Exactly. So... Uh, that being said, Jeffro, until then. Until then, Mario. <laughs>